Our text tonight, now as a matter of fact, we want to do things just a little bit differently because we're continuing from this morning. And actually our text from this morning is, I'll be referring back to it, but I want us to go to Luke and chapter 17 uh, tonight, verses 26 through 29 as a text. And then when I get into the sermon to begin with, I'll let, take up what we left off this morning with 2 Timothy chapter 3. And then we'll be around Genesis 6, we'll be around... Uh, Matthew 24, we're going to jump around some tonight, but uh, uh, just write down, that's what you have, those, that little sheet of paper that says pastor's notes. If you want to check on something I'm saying up here, that's a pretty good thing to do is just write it down and, and do it or wait till the next day and get it off the internet after it's been posted and the whole sermon is up there and you can re-listen to it again. All right, so again, here we are in Luke chapter 17 and Luke uh, uh, 17 verses 26 through 29. As a matter of fact, I'll turn there myself. Okay. And as it, uh, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. And again, this is the same sermon as in Matthew chapter 24, but uh, just from uh, as it was recorded by Luke. You say, why did, why did God have Matthew record it one way and Luke another way? Uh, because Jesus may not have just preached this message one time. Okay, so however he did it, it was at the right time though, and maybe there were more people coming and he repeated the sermon. I don't know. Uh, we're not told that he did. We're not told that he didn't. So why is it different? Well, the Holy Ghost knows what he's doing, so let's just trust that he knows what he's doing. And he, they, all these guys did was write down the words of the Spirit of God told them to write down. Now, having said that, verse 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat. They drank. They bought. They sold. They planted. They built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire, from, uh, fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Now shall we pray. Father, I pray as we look into your word tonight, thy spirit would make it clear to every person. Uh, Lord, I can't make it clear, but I know you can. So Lord, I would ask that you would do that exactly in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, this morning, we were in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I kind of hurried on that because the time was getting away. So I'm just going to look at verses 1 through 5, uh, cover some things that we hit this morning. This know also that in the last days, last days referring here because it's the church age to the rapture, the last days before the tribulation, okay? Uh, because these things that are happening in the church, the local church is not a part of the tribulation, all right? The local church has been caught up. And so those that are saved, should I say, they are with the Lord. So, uh, but this is conditions that will be in many local churches the last days. But it says of the last days, perilous times shall come. It will be dangerous. It will be hard. Uh, we look at our country. We're there. We've got Supreme Courts. We've got congressmen. We've got people trying to make uh, decisions now that take away from your First Amendment. 
the right to worship God, the, the right to use His name, the right to have standards and holiness and purity. Uh, a few years ago, there were politicians saying, we believe in freedom of worship, not freedom of religion. They said freedom of worship. In other words, what you say inside the four walls is fine, but don't go outside of there. Well, they still want to get inside the four walls. So if you go along with the first thing, then they'll be inside the walls the second thing. So you just need to understand that. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. I find this interesting, disobedient to parents. You know, Romans chapter 1, there's a list of terrible things there. People look at the sin of homosexuality there and they say, oh, Wow, yeah, and, and God gave them up and things of that nature. But do you realize that in the same section there, he also includes disobedient to parents? Well, I don't see that as that bad. doesn't matter how you see it. It's how a holy God sees it. And you can't see it as bad, then you lack an understanding of the holiness of God, you see. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. We looked at uh, Genesis 6, verses uh, 5, 11, and 12. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, God looks at the heart. Verse 11 and 12. He said, And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was uh, filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted its way on the earth. Uh, how are we so different than that day? You know, I, I can remember at night, uh, remember? Uh, good night, Chet. Good night, David. And Walter Cronkite. Okay. Well, you had all these guys, but they actually... Whether they were liberal or conservative, they actually reported the news. And, and they didn't use, uh, they were able to actually de describe things and say things without cussing. Without taking the Lord's name in vain. Obviously today they lack that ability. They don't have the ability to report news, they just lost it altogether. But uh, that's just the shame, that's probably a result of the education they're getting in these institutions anymore. But uh, there was one time when there was respect and there was decency just on the news, whether you agreed uh, that, well, why are they reporting that and not reporting this? But they weren't lying about what they were reporting usually. And about the 1970s, that started to change. And it was a terrible thing when it did. So, uh, like our days, or they're just like the days of Noah, we're justifying things. Among the sons of Seth and Cain, as they were justifying things in Noah's day, they said, oh, well, it's all right for us to intermarry with the sons of Cain, the daughters of Cain, and so forth. They thought that was all right to intermarry. No. You never marry saved and unsaved. You never marry saved and unsaved. Now, we, talk, we call Israel God's chosen people. And they were, and are. But if an Israelite is unsaved, I'm not going to marry them to a saved person. Okay, well, you know, they were God's chosen, yeah. God loves all of us. 
He died for all sins, for all men, for all time. The sins of the whole world, 1 John 2, 2 tells us. So if he died for all, then, then really uh, all have an opportunity to be saved. In other words, John either wrote a lie and the Holy Ghost didn't give him the words to say, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. That'd be a lie if some people were chosen to go to hell. God doesn't have any lies in his word. Okay, so for somebody to say, well, God chose some people to go to hell, they're calling God an out-and-out -out liar because every word is God-breathed. I wouldn't go that direction if I was them, okay? Because that is a filthy, rotten sin, as rotten as any sin in the world. To blame God, to say, well, God, you, you just decided to send people to hell that before the foundation of the world. No. People go to hell because they refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the bottom line. Some of them never get to accept Christ as their Savior because they don't hear it from us. And we are to be the witnesses the Lord wants. He goes on to say, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. And that idea without natural affection is without... Family affection, for the most part, that's the idea there. Uh, promises are broken. I know as a pastor there are false accusers everywhere, okay? Uh, don't be a preacher if false accusations bother you, okay? Don't be that because it'll come, and it'll come often. Uh, fears. Well, today, as we see homes, we have security, Guns to protect. There's nothing wrong with protecting your home, by the way. But there's an increase of that because they are the perilous times in which we live. And look, understand, he said without natural affection. I think it's really particularly talking of family, the family, the home, they're breaking up and uh, the parents against the children, children against the parents, and Jesus talked about that in Matthew, uh, how uh, the father and the son and so forth, uh, there'd be a, a difference there. But, but understand, I think homosexuality is also not natural. Uh, too many, however, among parents, because they want their children to either be popular or to love them or whatever. They tolerate it. A homosexual boy or a homosexual girl can bring their homosexual lover to the house, even after they're adults, and spend the night there and so forth like that, and the parent allows that. And they'll say something like this, well, you just got to love them, and, and you just got to forgive them. You know what? God's never forgave me until I repented. Never. He doesn't, he doesn't forgive anybody until they repent. He's willing to forgive, but he will forgive if men repent. But you say, well, I just feel like that I ought to allow them to come in. Okay. As soon as they walk in the door, since you feel that way, start witnessing to them. Do you know what God says about homosexuality? Do you know that you're living in filthy, rotten sin? Do you know God can save you from that and take you from that lifestyle and you won't have to live in that lifestyle anymore? Isn't that great? They'll be out your door. You say, well, that's what I don't want. Okay, then obviously you don't care if they go to hell as long as they like you. 
What kind of love? That's not natural affection. Okay? Anytime we're going to justify the way our kids live in sin, it is not natural. Because that sin is going to eventually kill them. And it will kill what could have been. So again, that's not love for your children to do that. He goes on to say, though, of traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And isn't it interesting, the next words, all of these things we've just read. From such, turn away. That is a direct command. Well, hey, man, I can say that. Boy, I, I'm not denying the power thereof, and, and, and I'm not a lover of pleasure more than lovers of God. Fine. How many times has a child's baseball game, football game, basketball game that's on Sunday taken you out of church? How many times have going to the beach as a family taken you out of church? Don't say, that's not me, if that's what it does to you. Now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be truthful and honest with you because I know what I'm saying is right because it's God's Word. And why do I want you to suffer the consequences by not warning you? Okay, so that, that's true for, for all of us. This is true for all of us. And this is my, my responsibility, and thankfully... We can warn people. I mean, if there's a bridge out and you're driving down the road and you're about to go over that, what you thought was the bridge there, and it's out, you're going to crash to your death. Isn't it kind of nice that somebody's there to warn you, to stop you? Why don't we get down on him? Oh, they're so negative. Stop. How negative can you be? Stop. Don't go there. You can't do that. Boy, how negative can Why should they even be allowed to be out there? They're fanatics. <laughs> How many people in hell will look back and see they're in hell because they thought the same thing of people that tried to warn them of Christ of, and they're receiving him or going to hell? I think the same thing will be applied therein. And so, that describes so many churches today, the contemporary and so forth of being lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They turn the grace of God into lasciviousness as if grace and liberty applies to the flesh instead of the spirit being free from the power of those sins. And my friend, we're not under those things any longer. So let's not go in that direction. Ah. Uh, you turn the grace of God to lasciviousness when you start saying, I have the liberty to drink, I have the liberty to watch this and to do this and to do that. Don't wait till you get to heaven and find out how wrong you were. Don't wait till there and suffer loss of reward and be saved so as by fire and be ashamed before him at his appearing. Now, when you read all of these things, it's kind of like verses 11 and 12 of Genesis 6. 
The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted its way upon the earth. How many of the sons of, of Seth and Abel tried to justify what they were doing in their minds? I don't know. But a flood ended up showing them how unjust it was. And Jesus said it would be as it was in the days of Noah. Now, let's just change gears for a moment, because that's why I read in Luke uh, there in chapter 17. Because I want to show you there's a connection with another scripture. In the same sermon of Jesus, when he was preaching this sermon, in verses 26 through 29, he had started with uh, Noah. But then, in verses 28 and 29, he says this, Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Just normal life going on, things that they do, they did that in the days of Lot as well, as in the days of the flood. But the same day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Isn't it interesting they did not learn from Noah's day? So, well, at least they didn't die in the flood of water. <laughs> no, actually lots of people died a lot more quickly than the people of the flood, but they all died. When we think of Sodom, we think of the sin of homosexuality as throughout the Bible, the word homosexual is not used. The word gay is not used. It's called sodomites. Probably the most accurate term. Gay, with a very high rate of suicide in that community, I don't think that it's very gay. Homosexuality is what trees do. That's homosex, the fertilization of the tree of itself, the pollen and so forth, and growing more. That's what it is scientifically. Calling a homosexual is not a scientific term because homosexuals do not reproduce. So that's not it. But sodomite is a right term. But liberal scholars and churches, you know what they like to do? Especially in the day in which we live, they like to take Ezekiel chapter 16 verses 49 and 50. And listen as I read that. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and were haughty and committed abomination. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. Now, we saw the things there. Uh, full of pride, fullness of bread, idleness. And we say, and they'll come back and say, you see, that's what God destroyed them for. 
They didn't help the poor. They were idle. All those things. But it wasn't for homosexuality. That's what Ezekiel says. No, Ezekiel didn't call those things an abomination. But it says, and committed abomination before me. What did God call the abomination of Sodom? <laughs> it was sodomy. And that's why they're called Sodomites. That's why God blessed the kings throughout Israel's history that destroyed the houses of the Sodomites. Now, that goes against the grain of today's thinking and modern theology. The only thing is that theology is not of the Bible, it's not of God. It's out of the wisdom of man. And when you're choosing between the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God, always go with God's wisdom. It's always going to be right, and it'll never be wrong. And so, God destroyed for their abomination, their idleness, their prosperity, so things, their pleasure. They were not seeking the Lord they were seeking all that would fulfill the lust of the flesh and its fulfillment. All of its lascivious desires and their morals were on the level of dogs. Now, you know, it's interesting that many times throughout the scripture, dogs are used to refer to sodomites or those that have that sin. But I'm saying that to say that Archaeologists have also, in their diggings, found out that Sodom had marriages in Sodom among homosexual couples. Isn't it interesting that I found that many times that the Calvinists as well as the liberals will leave out they committed adult, uh, abomination. They, they don't include that. They just take Ezekiel and leave that part of Ezekiel out that says what they did. You see, never, never try to twist the Bible to justify the acts of the flesh. It will never, never, never be right. Now we see in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And so in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, he said, <laughs> They're ready to go. I'm not going to strive with them, but I'll give them another hundred and twenty years. And I'm often asked in recent days, Do I believe what's going on in America and around the world with Antifa, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, anti-Semitism, and on down the line. Is that a sign of the last days? Uh, and it shows that Christ could be coming at any moment now. Now, keep in mind, as I said it earlier during our announcement time, I believe all lives matter. If you don't believe that, then get back to the Word of God. Get back to righteousness. Get back to holiness. Get back to walking with God. I had some fun with some guys the other day. They said, what do you think about BLM? I think bloom lives will matter. They said, bloom lives matter? You know, oh, that's terrible. No. It, you know, though, in joking like that, people get offended. 
They really do. Look, we're not trying to offend people. We're trying to stand for truth and righteousness. But I do find that standing for truth and righteousness, just what we said here, does offend people because they're not right with God if they claim to be Christians. We've got to get a desire to help and to win the loss to Christ, no matter what color, what race, what country, we need to bring them to Christ. I spoke of uh, the homosexual thing a little while ago. Let me tell you something. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 tells us of the church at Corinth. There were abusers of themselves with mankind. There were those that were predators. There were those that were uh, sodomites, really, effeminate. There were murderers. There were drunkards. I mean, all those terrible list of sins. And you know what? He says, and such were some of you. <laughs> but they were cleansed by the blood. But they didn't get cleansed by the blood until somebody told them about what the blood of Jesus Christ would do for them. But isn't it interesting? That church accepted them. When they got saved, the church accepted them. Woe to the church, whether it's a homosexual, whether it's a thief, whether it's a jailbird or anybody else that gets saved and they won't accept them. Souls need to be saved. And after they're saved, they need to be built up in the faith. God can change that homosexual. God can change that thief. God can change those souls. That is God said, well, I just disagree with God's word. I disagree with the Lord on that. Be a dumb thing to say because one day you'll give an account before God. And I wouldn't go there. It would be denying the very power of God. The great thing of that day is that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord back in that day. Early, the early church lived with Christ could come back at any moment. Do I believe that things are going on in the world today shows that Christ could be coming at any moment? I believe that he could come at any moment since the days of the early church. But, let's understand that if we're going to get really into prophetic themes, it all centers around Israel. But that affects the rest of the world as well. He could come back. What if it was 120 years, remember, as it was in the days of Noah? We, we read verses uh, 6 and, and, and 7 there back in chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, I think it was. Let's see, let's look back there again. And the Lord said, I will destroy man I have created from the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Okay, so he, he was upset that. It, it repented the Lord that he had even made them, he said. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But it would be 120 years, we're told, there in Genesis chapter 6. Now, having said that, this is why churches need revival. We need the people of God to be personal witnesses wherever they go. 
Try to edify fellow believers, new believers in Christ. Take them under your wing and try to build them up in the faith of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As the days of Noah, a preacher will it be 120 years. Well, 120 years from what? Let's, let's just think about that. 120 years from what? We could say, well, Israel was back in the land in 1948. Oh, see, that's 2048, 58, 68. A couple of us may not be here around that time. Okay. So that's a long time down the road, isn't it? 120 years from there. You know, 1948 was a very interesting year. Not only was Israel back as a nation. Now, listen, Jews lived in that land on down the last 2,000 years. So don't think that's the first Jews came back into Israel is when it was made in, to, a, to a nation again. No, there were Jews that lived in that land for quite a while. They just didn't have government. There were governments over them. But they lived there and got along with them. But now, it's interesting to me that 1948, the new evangelical movement got its start. That's where churches wanted to be liked and accepted by the world. Uh, and they got their start there. In 1948, the World Council of Churches was organized. We think of the One World Church of the book of Revelation. Uh, also, the World Health Organization. Isn't it interesting? They probably had some good things down through the years and talking about pestilence of the last days and things of that nature, as, as well as the CDC here in America. But those things are political uh, places now that you can't trust anything that's coming out. And yet they may be saying some many truths, but only if they can twist it into a political way. But all that was back in 1948. Some, well, what about 1967? They weren't really back to Jerusalem and took control till 1967. Okay. <clears throat> what about 2017, 2018? Well, we finally recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. So don't try to guess 120 years from what. You can go back to the Balfour uh, Declaration back in 1917. Well, then we're pretty well, uh, pretty near that, aren't we? But then they amended the Balfour uh, Declaration in 1939 with the White Papers. And that was an abominable thing for I England to do. And isn't it interesting, the sun does set on the English kingdom now. It really does. So what, what can you say that? I, I don't read too much into the 120 years. That was God's grace. And right now we are still living in God's grace. There's no reason why he wouldn't rapture us out right now. Except it's his timing. You don't know the day or the hour. Don't try to guess the day or the hour. You're wasting your time. Just try to be ready so that if Christ came today, you're ready. That's the point. If he came today, I am ready. I want to be, uh, have confidence at his appearing and not be ashamed at his appearing. To hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Instead of take from him that hath the 
one and give to him that hath the ten. Oh, yes. It could be any moment. Now, little children, abide in him, First John 2.28 says, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. We look back in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 44. Wherefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. What's important to you? I'm going to tell you something here. Uh, I don't like it. I, I, I don't like it, but whoever keeps up with these things keep up, keeps up with it, and they record it. Did you know that male makeup and beauty products is a $21 billion a year industry that is the makeup for men. <clears throat> that doesn't include your skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I thought in my lifetime I would never say anything like that, you know? But that tells me this world, this whole world, because churches all across this land accept that. I don't have sons living at home. But if one comes in with lipstick and an earring, he's going to go out the door, but not the same way he came in. He's going to be knocked through that door, okay? Unless I shoot him through the door, okay? One of the two. But look, Don't ever try to justify what the world is doing today. God made men, men. He made women, women. Be what God made you. Well, I feel like a woman today. Goodness gracious. Woo! I feel like a dog, you know. I got animal rights. Be good to me. How stupid can we get in one country? Now look, I say all these things to say this. If we can see these things, number one, that calls us each. Not just a church where we preach the gospel, and we do. But we each need to be personal witnesses out there. Remember, it was a personal witness that the woman at the well got saved. It was a personal witness that a man that they could not keep chained and that man of Gadarene would break those chains so quickly because he was filled with devil spirits but he got saved and all of that changed and all this filth that you see going on in this country is of the devil but it can be changed if you don't believe that, what in the world do you call yourself a Christian for? Because we have a great God. I can't change anybody, but I know my Lord can. They said, well, they need counseling. Yes, they do. They need the counsel of the Word of God. That's what they need. We've got to be witnesses. 
In our own lives, we've got to be holy, separated from this world, but separated unto God. Goodness gracious. Look at the Amish people. They seem to be separated from the world. But I don't think they're separated under Christ and His Word. It's not just being separated from, it's being separated unto. You see. And then we have to be willing to believe, Romans 8, 18, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. If we suffer with Him. 2 Timothy 3, 12, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. For some people, it's cost them jobs. For some people, it's cost them family members having nothing to do with them. For some people, it's caused physical things to happen to them. But regardless of what it is that happened to others in the past, but it's not worthy to be compared to the greatness of the glory. No, no suffering that you can go through is worthy in its greatness, in its magnificence. It's not even a worthy comparison to the greatness and magnificence of the glory that shall be revealed in the person that stays true to Christ, is His witness, and seeks to bring souls to the Savior, and then to edify them and build them up in the Word of God. Yes, we look and we see the government attacking our churches and different things and telling us who we have to hire and how we have to do this and how to do that. And you've got Facebook and Twitter and whatever else goes on out there that says, those crazy people. We've got to decide if we're going to allow those things, social media or anything else, to be what governs our life or this precious Word of God. I don't have Facebook. My wife has it, so she keeps me abreast of what's going on when she looks at it. Mainly, it's just family. But nonetheless, I hear there's all kinds of negativity, whether it's Facebook, well, they took that down. They wouldn't allow that to be up. Well, they said this. They said that. How can they be that way? You know, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are righteous... Think on those things. If it's godly, think on it. Get our minds right. Get our hearts right. Get our commitment right. And it does cost time. It costs commitment. But you will never pay out anywhere close to near the reward of eternity. So just keep standing, keep standing, keep standing for the Lord. Yes, we look at all these things that we've seen here tonight. As the days of Noah, as the days of Lot, 
But there was a lot that was sent out of Sodom before judgment came. We're going to be caught up to be at the Lord before the tribulation comes. Noah's family went on an ark before judgment comes. We'll be caught up before judgment comes on the tribulation hour. But I don't want to be ashamed at His coming. I don't want to be saved just so as by fire. And I don't want you to be saved so as by fire. Man, I want you to hear a well done, good and faithful servant. But I can't make any kind of commitment for you. For you. you have to make that commitment yourself. Keep your Bible daily. Keep your prayer time daily. Keep, keep faithful to God's house. Faithful to witness. Faithful to uh, stand. Faithful to all of these things. There may be a cost. But the souls that are saved will be a crown. It'll be a crown. The souls that are edified will be a crown. Just stick to it. Let's bow our heads, please.